Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. For you guys who don't know me, my name is Sean, and I'm the lead pastor here at Northeast Community Church. And to our first-time visitors, I'm so glad that you guys decided to come and worship with us this morning. It's truly a privilege to have you in our midst um, this morning. And so we hope that something is said this morning that will impact you. Uh, as you guys know, we're transitioning from our series uh, on brokenness, and we're moving into our Christmas season. But I have to disappoint some of you this morning. We will not be talking about baby Jesus in a manger this morning. Sorry. Sorry. It's not a Christmas story per se, but it is the story or the story behind uh, Christmas. And so last week we finished up and we talked about broken saviors. We talked about broken saviors. And so now in our Christmas series, we're going to be talking about the true savior and what he came to do and what he came to accomplish in our lives. Uh, And last week's takeaway was um, that we need to get into his word because his word is a um, lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Um, And so that's what we're going to be doing this morning. We're going to be shedding the light on Christmas. Shedding the light on Christmas. A lot of us, we love Christmas time. We love lights, right? Everybody like Christmas lights. Anybody go to the houses? Who has a dude in your neighborhood that has the Christmas lights? I know that Yex, your dude in your neighborhood, he got some serious Christmas lights. And you go by and you turn your, it had the sign out there, you turn your car station to the AM radio station, FM radio station, and the lights are singing and dancing alongside of the the songs on the thing, right? They make a whole traffic jam in your neighborhood because people from all around are coming to look. Ain't nobody, everybody live in my neighborhood then. We don't have that. We have a bunch of snow people that are big bloom people, but we don't have a lot of extravagant lights. I'm going to let y'all know right now, I, we rent, but even if we didn't rent, I am not a light dude. I'm not getting out there, getting on no roof and putting no lights on. Um, I like light, but I don't like lights like that. And for some of you guys who know me, uh, one of my favorite um, times of year is Christmas time because we do get to celebrate the birth of our Lord. My kids and my wife, they don't appreciate me because I always figure out what my gift is before Christmas. Because we spend a lot of time going out and, and getting gifts and, and shopping and getting just the right thing and, and, and Black Friday. And we get caught up in all the pageantry of Christmas. And I believe sometimes the pageantry of Christmas and we should rightfully celebrate Christmas. Uh, what gets lost is the reason for Christmas. And Jesus came to be the light in a dark world. Um, And sometimes as believers, we believe and we think that Christmas is about Jesus shedding his light on a sinful, dark world. And we don't really realize that he also came to shine his light within us. And so for the next couple of sermon series, we're going to be talking about what it means that Jesus is the light. We're going to be talking about what it means to shine our light. And then we'll culminate on Christmas Eve service and we'll talk about baby Jesus in the manger. Okay, is that a deal? Is that a deal? And so many of us, we have these areas of darkness that we hide from God, even Christians. These areas of darkness that we hide from God, and we're okay with Jesus being the light out there. 
But when he wants to come and illuminate our hearts, he wants to come and illuminate our situations. He wants to come and, 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 and change the way that we are, the way that we feel, the way that we believe, the way that we think, the way that we act. Sometimes we take a step back because we don't want that light to shine clearly on us. I'm going to ask a bit of a rhetorical question, so please don't raise your hands. Have you ever been beaten down by life? Has anybody in the room been beaten down by life? If you're like me, perhaps you're going through something in the Christmas season right now where relationally with God, you're feeling beaten down with your family members, with friends, maybe people on your job or in your school. It's a statistic that more people are depressed during Christmas time than any other time of year. Now, some people will argue it's because of the weather change, but we live in Texas, so we don't really get no weather change. That it's not as much light outside, but mo a lot of us, we get depressed during the holidays. Maybe those of us in the room right now, we can attest to that. And we have relationships that are in conflict that make us depressed. Or maybe you're in the middle of a difficult situation such as stress or debt because you're spending all this money on Christmas time and you realize that, you know, January 1st is going to come and you have to pay that bill. Maybe some of us are unemployed during Christmas, and that puts some kind of stress and strain on us because we feel like we need to provide for our families, and it's Christmas time. It's a season of giving or grief, fatigue. Maybe some of us in the room, we're stressed because we're in the weakness of our sins in the Christmas season. Some of us are dealing with habitual lying, anger, addiction, lust, doubt, and lack of discipline. But one thing that we need to understand that in this season, we remember that Jesus came into the world to be a light and to illuminate those areas of our lives that are broken. And I think that we need to understand that Jesus is not just for the unsaved. Sometimes as believers, we feel like we've been saved. Jesus did his part in our life, and then he's for the people who don't believe in him now, and he's shining his light out there, and I'm left alone with my darkness. And Jesus didn't come to leave us as we go back to our last series in our brokenness, in our brokenness. And so if you turn with me in your Bibles today, I hope that I help somebody as we shed the light on this Christmas season that Jesus has not forsaken you. He has not left you alone. And as we share the light on Christmas, we'll have these principles that I pray that we can take away. And I pray that each, uh, everybody in the room, that some of us will be able to take away multiple principles, but at least one principle you can take away this week. And it'll impact your life for the better. And so if you turn with me in John chapter 8, we'll start in verse 12. And I'm just going to give a little bit of context. Prior to this in John chapter 7, I mean, early in chapter 8, actually, uh, Jesus had just uh, got people straight about this woman who was caught in adultery. She was caught in adultery. They wanted to stone her to death. And Jesus came and Jesus intervened. And so this is coming on the tail end of Jesus speaking into someone's brokenness. And verse 12 says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light 
of the world. Whoever, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, Jesus is not talking about just some any ordinary light. He's not even talking about those extravagant Christmas lights. But rather, he's talking about this light that he gives is life. The very nature of your life is found in the light that Jesus gives. And there was, as we know, when Jesus spoke to a room of people, especially when he was amongst his critics, which were the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they always had something to say. And so the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Now, if we read that cursorily, we might look past the fact that Jesus was saying something profound and the Pharisees were coming against something that he was saying that was profound. Jesus was saying that I am the light of the world. In the Jewish mind, in, 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 in their mindset with the people around him who believed like him, who had the same religious tradition as he had, him saying he was the light would have conjured up these thoughts in them that he would say he was something special. And not only something special, that he was, a, he, he, he was testifying about himself as if he, as if he was God. And so in this Christmas season, as we shed light on Christmas, we need to understand that Jesus is God. He's not just some baby in a manger. He's just not some myth that we talk about or think about. He was not just some great prophet who came and gave us a, a, a lot of good thinking. No, Jesus was God incarnate. And that's why the Pharisees rebutted. And they said, you bear witness of yourself. They're saying, how can you be saying these things? You're not God. You're not God. Secondarily, we find out that not only is he the light of the world, he said whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Secondarily, Jesus came to be followed. Some of us in the room, we understand that Jesus is God. I get that. But what we need to understand is he came to be followed. That means what he what would Jesus be doing if he wore your size shoes? What would Jesus be doing if he lived in your neighborhood? What would Jesus be doing if he worked at your job? What would Jesus be doing if he went to your school? What would Jesus be doing if he had your same circles of influence? We need to be following Jesus in that because Jesus did not only come to save us, but Jesus came for us to follow him. Jesus came to illuminate our path and show us how we are, how we are to walk with him. We talked about this last week when we talked about uh, Psalm 1, that uh, blessed is the man who, who, who doesn't sit in the, in the seat of the scornful, but he will delight in the Lord. And so we need to be following the Lord. We need to be doing the things that Jesus would be doing if he were here. But we spend so much time following so many other things, especially in the Christmas season. Some of us love Christmas not because of Jesus, but because of Hallmark Channel. They got all the good movies, and how, the husbands are like, mm, Jesus. How many times can I watch a movie about a lady 
who came from the big city. She's a big-time ad executive. She goes to a little small town that she grew up in, but she don't hang around there no more. And somebody's trying to get rid of her great auntie's farm. And there's this handsome young farmhand. I won't say nothing else, Deacon. I won't spoil it. I won't tell you what happened in the end. It's funny. I, I bring this up to my wife, and then she goes, well, how many movies can we write stuff that blow up? I'm like, don't, don't touch that. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie, right, Aaron? And so is Beach Street. I'm just saying. But Jesus came to be followed came to be followed. Not followed like some dictator. But he came to be followed because he is the light and he is a life. He's a light and he is the life. And oftentimes in the midst of our darkness, we're groping and we're looking for life and we don't realize that God is the life. We look for all these other broken things. Going back to last week, these broken cisterns. We're trying to carve out these ways for us. We're trying to carve out these things for us. And, 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 and truth be told, we forget that we are supposed to be living the life that Jesus came down to lay, that he came and laid down for us. He's trying to repair. And the world had been broken for a really long time. And Jesus came and stepped into it to display God's love. That's reason number three, that we should be shedding light on Christmas. He came to display God's love. He did not come to condemn you, but he came and shed light in your brokenness. Popular scripture. Everybody knows it's John chapter 3. Turn there if you're in your Bible. If you, some of y'all memorize it, right? John 3, 16. John 3:16 And as we read this, I want you to remember, Jesus didn't come to condemn you because of your brokenness, but he came to shed light in your brokenness. Jesus is not going to divorce you because you don't have it all together. We need to remember that in this season. That he stepped into the world John 3.16, we can quote it, right? Because we watch basketball games and football games, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Watch this. Go over to 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whosoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he, does not be he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. Watch this. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. 
He didn't come to condemn you. He didn't come to break you. He came to expose those areas of darkness and get us to the place where we would turn away from those areas of darkness and walk towards the light. And this is not some kind of just condemning type of attitude towards him. I was reading, I told you guys I was reading this book, and we're going to do a series about this in the new year about near-death experiences. And this one guy, he talks about he had this near-death experience, and he stood before God, and God was showing his whole life in front of him. And when he was sinning, he said he didn't feel like God was angry at him. He felt more like he was breaking the heart of God when he did those things. And he was exposed to the man of light, is what he said. That's the way he categorized Jesus. He called Jesus the man of light. And he said he was laid open and he saw all those dark areas, and not because God was angry, but because it hurt the heart of God. Jesus came to rescue us from the grasp of darkness. There's one thing about light. When light shines in darkness, darkness has to disperse. And if you want to remain in darkness, you've got to find another place to be when light's around. I used to tell you guys, I used to work in IT, and I don't know why in IT, we would close all the blinds, we shut all the lights off, we'd be sitting there, and we just looked at glowing. All the people working in IT go, uh-huh. And then some newbie come in and go, why is it dark in here? And everybody in the office ready to beat them down. Why? Because we love the darkness. <laughs> I was hanging out with Jay Baker a couple of weeks ago, and Jay has a ringer on his phone that's Bane from Batman. When Bane and Batman had that fight, anybody remember that scene in Dark Knight Rises? When Batman thought that darkness was going to save him from Bane. Y'all remember that scene? Y'all remember that, right? Oh, you think darkness is your ally. I love that scene. You merely adopted the darkness. I was born in it. My wife hates this. (laughs) Molded by it. Right? And oftentimes in our Christian walk, we think darkness is our ally. And some of us, even as believers, we try and fight darkness with darkness. And Jesus came to bring the light, to show us the light, to lead us in the path of light. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Christmas is all about. One of my favorite types of movie is when the lights go out. Anybody like those kind of movies too? Like we're so dependent on technology and lights and, and, and our cell phones and our cars that run. But I love those movies when all the electricity goes out and then we just got to revert back to the way that we were way back in the day and we lose our mind. Where lawlessness sneak sinks in. And you have to understand, the children of Israel were walking away from God for the entire time of exile, and then it was like 400 years before Jesus showed up on the scene. And so they was essentially walking in darkness, resting and relying on their old ways of thinking and their old ways of doing things which were not the light, which were not of God. They had written all these new rules and these new prescriptions, and they become religious in their activities. And God had to show up and say, this is not what I, 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 what, what I saved you for. This is the backdrop of why Jesus is showing up. Because God had promised, God had promised that he would rescue Israel. 
And he often used, and it's another thing that Jesus would have been talking about and the Jews would have heard, he was often using the imagery of light. And so when he showed up, they would have been like, oh, my God, what is going on? This man is saying that he's God. And I, listen, I dare to say, if Jesus showed up today, well, we know eschatologically that he's going to show up and he's going to take us back. But if he were to show up in the interim today, I don't think many of us would recognize him. I think a lot of our darkness would not allow us to recognize what Jesus is doing because he would show up and he would wreck some of our programs. He would wreck some of the way that we thought about things. He would be hanging out with folks. We'd be like, that can't be Jesus hanging out with them folk. He'd be doing things that don't sound like God doing stuff like that. Help us, Lord. Last scripture. Because he so loved the world that he gave. And he taught us to walk in light instead of darkness. He went to an extreme to give you the ultimate gift this Christmas. He went to the extreme to give you the ultimate gift this Christmas. And all he's asking in return is that you walk with him. Some of you might be asking, what what did he do to go to the extreme? He was born a child in this broken world so that he could relate to you. And then he was stretched out and he died on a cross for your sins. We lose sight of that sometime during Christmas time. Oh, he's just a cute little baby. Goo, 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 goo. But that baby was born to die. That baby was born to suffer for your sake. And the enemy thought they could snuff out his light. <laughs> First John chapter 1. I love First John because it directly kind of ref- reflects John. But I like the way he said it in First John. And so I might switch back and forth between 1 John and John, but bear with me. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and we touched with our hands concerning the word of life. It says, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which, he had, that, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. I said a lot, but basically what he's saying is Jesus is God. That's the first part of it. And secondarily, he says he was born so that we can have fellowship with him. Think about that for one minute. If your theology is big and think God is the biggest, baddest thing in the uh, universe, who created everything. Now, think about this. Jesus came so that we might have fellowship with God. I'm using the big word fellowship, so we might be able to kick it with God. We might have relationship 
with God, that we can speak to God and God will speak to us. That blows my mind. I get caught in YouTube uh, uh, side scroll bars. And I don't know how I got on this one day, but I was it was a street preacher in Canada somewhere. And he was arguing with these with these with, with, with these Muslim guys on the street corner about Jesus. And then, and he said, you got the Holy Spirit. The Muslim goes, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Do a miracle then. Like he would just like like he would just do a miracle then. And the guy was like, he, he, he said, he said, basically, man, do you not know who I used to be? He said, I was a drug dealer. I was I, 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 I was I was I was a bad person. And he saying, God. The God of the universe decided to come and take up residence in me. That's a miracle right there. We take it so casually that God wants to live inside of us despite our brokenness. And you see the Muslim guy who had this other theology that God, God, like, like you talk to them about Jesus being born of a woman, ill. Because if he's God, how can he come out of a woman? That's how they, it's, 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 they despise that concept. Or I say, you telling me Jesus was a man just like you? You mean he went to the restroom? Ew, how could God go to the restroom? Like that, they, that's just crazy to them. But we can't take it so casually. Like God would stoop so low that he would rob himself of glory, that he would rob himself of his deity to become like a broken, frail human being who has to relieve himself in the restroom. That's a Christmas miracle. Y'all keep wanting to talk about this baby Jesus. That diaper needs to be changed. That's a Christmas miracle. Another great Christmas movie, Four Christmases. Anybody seen it? Vince Vaughn, swaddle this baby, woman. That baby had to be swaddled. That baby had to be nurtured. That baby had to be breastfed. That baby had to, had to walk around just like you. Jesus felt pain. That's a Christmas miracle. We can't lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of it. The Bible says that his name shall be Emmanuel, God with us. Not only with us, God for us. And so Jesus came to have intimacy with us, born into this broken world, to overcome darkness. And now you can have a personal relationship with him. That's shedding light on Christmas. Not only that, we can say that God can be trusted. We got to remember that this Christmas. That he promised that he would send a Savior. He promised that the Gentiles would not be left out. Somebody ought to say hallelujah to that. Because you ain't got to go kill your cat Scruffy. Couldn't no burn offers in the backyard. The homeowner association would not appreciate that. Right? That he didn't leave us out, but that he grafted us in. That we're now part of the family. We got to shed light on that this Christmas. Still in John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. He said, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, which he came to give us, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. 
But watch this. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Even those things that you want to keep in the dark. Even those things that a good Christian would not admit that a good Christian does. But we make an appointment and we do it every Wednesday at 1030. Even those things that you, you, they're, they're in your past and you feel some of us, we still think that some of the things that we did in our past are still keeping us from moving forward in God. He says he's going to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we have to do is confess those sins to him. That's a miracle. That no other blood sacrifice needs to be made. All we have to do is confess it with our mouth that it is sin and I despise it. And God, I want to repent of it. God, I want to turn my back on it. And even though I'm struggling with it, God, I can bring it into your light and it's laid and it's laid open before you and you forgive me. Christmas miracle. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We need to understand that as we walk in the light, in the light, we serve a faithful God. We serve a faithful God. And some of us this morning, we're wrestling. Room this size, it's inevitable. I'm not trying to be prophetic. I just know it. A room this size, somebody in here is wrestling with something. And God wants you to give it to him this morning. And don't worry, I'm not going to do nothing strange. I'm not going to make you come up here and grab a microphone and confess and none of that kind of stuff. All you got to do is confess in your heart is between you and God. But for the next few moments, for the next few moments before we leave this place. I want you to just take the next few moments to place that thing that you're hiding from God before him. Those things that you've hidden so far away, you don't even forgot some of that stuff is there. God, help me to remember the things that I'm hiding from you. The things that keep me running towards darkness instead of your light. The things in my life that cause Jesus to have to come and be born. And squalor. To have to be uh, killed and beaten and tortured. God, I don't want to hide it from you anymore. I want to lay them at your feet. Because the things we hide, listen to this, you need to hear this. The things that we hide from God, we're saying they're more important than what Jesus did on the cross. We're saying they're more important than you, Jesus. Those broken cisterns. 
God wants for you. He didn't come to condemn you. Because as a matter of fact, as Jesus was on the cross, as he was dying for you, he felt your pain. He felt your struggle. He felt what you felt. He knows what you feel right now. I can't always understand everything that you go through. And so you might want to call me or call an elder and get on the phone and we want to talk through some stuff. We can't fully articulate or understand all the time, but God knows. He knows it intimately. And he's not looking down his nose at you because as a matter of fact, if he had to do it again, he would. He loves you that much. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's not about the presents. It's not about the hallelujah time. It's not about the gingerbread cookies and the lights. It's about God loves you. And there's nothing you can do to make him stop. You might as well just give it to him. You might as well just confess, God, I'm broken. I'm a sinner. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.